I kind of like work days after assembly because it just seems foolish to dress up in my suit and tie and have to jump into my work clothes. So, ah. hey, could someone get a piece of paper for me? That's kind of cool. I got a little excited there, obviously. Thank you. It does. It does smell good. Everybody online, this has been exciting today. Yeah, I'll grab those. I'll grab those. It'll finish the deal. Thank you. Appreciate that. So I'm glad I'm not a newbie at this. I'm glad this isn't my first rodeo. I've been freaking out right about now. <laughs> when I went to my first speech, uh, it was in seventh grade. And uh, the sad thing about speech tournaments is, is your competitors are in the audience and you're up giving a speech. So what are your competitors doing? They're sticking their tongue out and they're picking their nose. <laughs> And they're, they're, they're being really bad. So uh, anyway, and I know I've preached with my fly down before. So, you know, you, get, you do stuff like that and you get pretty used to it. So anyway, but that's the first I've spilled the tea all over everything. So, there you go. All right. Well, now we're, we're kind of back to normal, but there is such a thing. Is this, this is, so who gave me white? Oh, thanks. I appreciate that. Wow, that's very good. It was this kind of paper, but that's okay. Whoever did that, thanks. You knew what I was talking about. Great minds think alike. So, uh, we got this thing. Com we got this thing completely filled out, except for for next next uh, Sunday. And I was thinking, well, I don't need to worry about that because we're having Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar and we'll clean up the building afterwards. So there you go. We're good. All right, what else do we know? Hey, tomorrow night, Monday night, we have uh, Monday night dinner and Bible study. And we are working on proof that the Bible is the Word of God, but we're not doing the PowerPoint series. We're actually going to begin to find um, what would be called adversarial witnesses that would prove that the Bible is the Word of God. And so we're going to be looking at Josephus tomorrow night in regards to Josephus was a Jewish historian, and he speaks of Jesus and his followers. And so I am going to photocopy the text, and we're going to work through that, and then we'll look through the scriptures that teach the same thing. So it's kind of cool to see uh, an adversarial uh, witness saying the truth about Jesus Christ and his church. And so that proves in large part that what's spoken of in the New Testament about Jesus and his disciples is in fact true. Well, that's very exciting. We're going to look at some Roman historians. We're going to work through uh, those proofs with the young people. And then once I've used them as guinea pigs, then I'll bring it to the General Assembly. So I'll hone my skills that way. All right. Also to... Uh, uh, Wednesday night is going to be at our place, and we're continuing to work on the book of Hebrews. Very powerful book. I hope that you can make it out. And Wait, uh, Sunday night's your place. And oh, oh, it's going to be Wednesday at... It's our place. Thank you. Thank you very much. I didn't write that down. So Scott's house this month on Wednesday. And then uh, Thursday night, okay, lady study. 
And next Saturday is Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar. And so in order to do that, we're, we're kind of getting smart in our old age. So you're definitely old, you can't really think straight. But we are going to set up the church building this morning with the help of all of you just briefly. If we could get all the songbooks picked up first, not right now, after we're done. So, and, then, and then if you could stack all the chairs in stacks of four, in stacks of four, and uh, they nestle pretty easily. We actually need to move the chairs downstairs with the hand truck. Some young people who are strong can carry two, but be careful because you gotta go downstairs and I don't want you to trip and fall with them. Well, the reason being is we're gonna use that for a lunch area. Uh, Vinny, uh, smoking hot barbecue is coming out for lunch. And so we're gonna have lunch in the back room back there and we're gonna have all of the, the fun uh, de decorations and things in here. So we need basically all the chairs out and downstairs. You're saying, that's crazy. We did it last year, for those of you who remember. So if you could help us out, that would be fantastic. We need some chairs left. Yeah, a few chairs, maybe 12. Maybe 12. Question? What side downstairs do you want those chairs on? Uh, in the main area against the wall back here. So we can access that classroom if we need to. And we can access over here because this is where all the the uh, decorations and things are being stored. Thank you for asking. Thank you for asking. And I, that makes me feel like maybe you and your boys are gonna help, which I know will get done really fast, so thank you. Do you want Pre the tables brought up? Or how many uh, those two big tables there, and I think we should bring some other tables up. I don't know how many. Mrs. Compton is has the schematic and everything, so that'd be great. Do you have any comments on that, Mrs. Compton? We actually did the small tables up there, and those big tables were brought out here. So, as you recall. You mean the food? Yeah. What did you say? You didn't say something about food. Oh, I kind of said it, but. Anyway, we'll talk about that afterwards. Okay. Everybody in the world, there's people in Belarus going, what are they talking about? <laughs> We're talking about a pumpkin spice holiday bazaar to help the orphans in Belarus. So, anyway, what we need is songbooks up, things stacked in. Four, move them downstairs, and the rest of us will put all the decoration stuff up here. So thank you. Appreciate that. All right. Any other things? We're going to sing to Clayton, and Clayton's watching, I hope. And if not, Max Bragg is out playing his soccer heart out, and so we'll have to sing to him next week. Anybody have a birthday coming up this week? All right. Clayton, are you there? I see your, your sister's there, so we're going to go ahead and sing. Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday, God bless you, happy birthday to you. All right. Okay, moving on, let's grab our Bibles and let's turn to one passage of scripture only today, Colossians in chapter one. We're going to continue talking about perseverance, but we're going to talk about perseverance in a different way. Colossians chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and, and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord 
to please him in all respects, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for the attaining of all steadfastness and patience, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, we would ask in the name of your son Jesus Christ this morning that we would understand this prayer that Paul is offering before us. We would pray to your heavenly Father that this prayer actually is speaking about how each man and woman in Christ is to live. And so Paul is petitioning uh, the, for you, Father, that the Christians in the city of Colossae would grow in their knowledge, they would grow in faith and wisdom so that they would be able to walk as you have called us to walk, Father. Help us to understand that this morning, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. All right. So if you're at a loss to pray for someone, open up your Bible to the book of Colossians chapter one and pray verse nine through 12. Every Christian needs this prayer. In fact, every Christian needs to live this prayer. And if you don't live this prayer, you're gonna see this morning, I hope, that you're not going to be living the abundant life the life that God has called us to. Now, many of you know that the scripture clearly teaches that the rich young ruler did not follow Jesus. What did he do? He did all the Ten Commandments, but then when it came to actually following Jesus, says, hey, you know what? You've done great. You've done all those things, but one thing you lack. Your stuff is most important to you. Sell all you possess, give to the poor, and come follow me. Well, nobody's going to sell everything they got and they'll become poor. But the problem was not getting rid of his stuff. The problem was his stuff was more important than God. And so it's important for us to recognize and understand that Christ needs to be first and foremost. Your Bible and my Bible says that if you're a Christian, Christ is your life. Christ is your life. If Christ is your life, do people see Christ in you? Sometimes, we might say, not when I'm driving on Beltline, but sometimes, you might say, the reality is it's important for people to see Christ in you consistently. We're all growing, so we're going to have those, those moments. Hopefully, they're only moments. But when people need to see Christ in you, if, in fact, you're going to be living that abundant life that Christ has called us to. And so I would ask you to listen very carefully to each of the four verses. Notice in your lesson plans, there are four points. Well, verse 9, 10, 11, and 12. Very powerful. So let's begin with verse 1. For this reason, Paul says, and that's the first point, for this reason. He says here, for this reason, since the day we heard of it, what's it? We have not ceased to pray for you. And what have you been praying? Well, we've asked that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So for this reason, what reason? You know, when you read the scriptures, you always want to listen to what it's saying. For this reason, you know, whenever I read, I go, what reason, Lord? Why are you praying this? Why is Paul praying this prayer? For what reason? Well, you go back to 
the first few verses. It's absolutely amazing. Just jump back with me to uh, uh, verse 3. And I'm going to read it really quickly, and I'm going to emphasize a particular word. We give thanks to God the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you since we heard of your faith in Jesus Christ and your love which you have for all the saints because of the hope laid up in heaven for you, of which you previously heard in the word of truth, the gospel which has come to you just in all the world. Also, it, the gospel, is constantly bearing fruit and since the day you heard of it, the gospel, and understood the grace of God and truth, just as you learned the gospel from Epaphras, our beloved fellow bondservant, who is a faithful servant, Christ our Lord. And he also informed us of your love in the Spirit. Man, you've heard the gospel and you're actually living it. The good news is that Jesus Christ loved you enough to sacrifice for you. And you know what you're doing? You're loving just like Jesus and you're sacrificing your life for other people. Now excel still more and more. That's why I'm praying for you so you get the full picture. For this reason, because you've heard the gospel and you've begun to live this great life of love and sacrifice for others, now let's make it complete. Now let's make it full. The word all is used several times in this next few verses, 9 through 12. Listen for the word all. Listen for the word in every respect. Listen to those phrases. He wants us to come to the full measure of the stature which belongs to Jesus Christ. So when people hear your words and see your life, they see Jesus. There is no hope outside of Christ. Everything that you have, all your possessions are going to burn. And if they don't burn before you go, then somebody's going to get them. And then sooner or later, your stuff's going to burn. So why are you putting all your, you know, hope in those things. You're putting your hope in people. I've noticed that people pass away. I've also noticed people walk away. And so be careful where you put your hope. Should you build trust? Absolutely. Should you develop your relationships in your part, as Kirk was saying, given your 100%, there's no way there can be reconciliation in a great relationship unless you're given that 100%. So it's important for you to make those decisions. But we need to recognize and understand it's all going to come back to, are you ready? It's all going to come back to you and I knowing the will of God according to his word. You want to have the richest blessings, the hundredfold blessing in this life and eternal life to come, as Jesus said to the rich young ruler, do you want it? How many want that? I want that. Houses and homes and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers and persecution. Okay, well, I'll throw that one in there and be right on. Okay, I want that. And heaven too. I want it. But it's got to come first from knowing the will of God. So the first thing we should pray for people is, Lord, please help them understand. We can name names, not now. Name names we're praying. That they would come to a full understanding of God's will. Look at this. What does it say there? We have not ceased to pray for you that you'll be filled with the knowledge of his will. Filled means well, I want to read the, the Greek. The word filled means to cram it in. Cram it in. You go back and look at your Greek dictionary. You know what the word is right there, Strong's? Cram it in. It's in there. Cram. How many have ever traveled and you were bringing all sorts of stuff and, and you had to cram it in so you could get it there? Well, that's what that word means. 
We need to cram the will of God into our mind so much so it's oozing out in our words and our actions. I don't know about you, but I hope that illustration helps a little bit. We need to cram in the word of God. Now, how many of you have gone to college and you know what cramming is? All right. Well, don't do it that way. You should be cramming it in every day. Cramming it. Don't wait till the last minute. Oh, the Lord's coming back tomorrow. I'm going to cram it in. A little bit too late as my grades in my first year in college prove. Cramming doesn't work that way. Cram it in every day. And you say, I don't believe that. Go back and look in the Strongs and then look at your Thayers. It's pretty funny. So it means to be replete. You got it all. How many have ever, for those of you who are hunters in the audience, how many have ever not been replete in all of your hunting gear? You're out in the woods. You're so excited. You got your food. You got your backpack. You got your gun. You got your bullets. You got... Oh, no. I, I left my tag in my other hunting coat. Has anybody ever done that before? I'm the only one. <laughs> I've never forgot my gun and bullets, but when you don't forget your, when you don't remember your tag, it was, I was aimlessly wandering in the woods with my gun for sure. I was tagging along with a couple other folks. They thought it was kind of funny, so I was an extra pair of eyes and uh, the gopher to carry out their meat. Anyway, cram it in, be replete, have it all, know it all. Now take a look, it says, knowing the will of God. What is the will of God? It's the full discernment of his will, full understanding of what his will is. Well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 1 through 8. Chapter 5, verses 6 through 18. Psalms 40 and verse 8. Those are all great. But did you know that I just gave you a, a tickling of, oh, that's not a good word. I gave you just a, a brief a few passages on the will of God. It's everywhere. How about Psalms chapter 5, verse 1 and 2? Therefore, as beloved children, what are we supposed to do? Love one another, even as Christ Jesus has loved us. That's the will of God, that we would love one another, love one another, love one another, love one another. Read First John. What does it say? Love one another over and over and over again. Is that the will of God? In fact, it even says that. It's the will of God that you keep my commandments and love one another. That's what Jesus said. So it's very important for us to understand what is the will of God. And we need to do that in all spiritual wisdom. So critically important. Now, what is wisdom? The Greek word is Sophia. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful word. And, uh, and so it's, here it is. Wisdom not of this world. Wisdom of God. The right and proper use of knowledge to best accomplish God's will. I don't know if you're writing anything down, but you know what? The wisdom of the world is always going to lead to despair. It will always lead to despair. The wisdom of the world, it'll lead to despair, guaranteed. When you think you're smarter than God, guess what? You didn't do it God's way, and it's bound to fail. And so it's important for us to recognize the spiritual wisdom, the wisdom from above. Uh, James chapter 3 uh, verses 13 through 18. Right and proper use of the knowledge to best accomplish God's will. It's got to be God's knowledge. How best to live my life to accomplish 
God's will. And so it's important for you to recognize that every relationship, you can bring the wisdom of God to that relationship and use God's wisdom to be a blessing. And how many of you know, he who waters others waters himself. You be a blessing to others, especially in the church. And if the brother and sister is astute and they're growing in the word, they're going to water back. That's just how it is. I think Brother Kirk said that. 100% sacrifice, oftentimes with someone of faith and like understanding, will have a 100% sacrifice. That's beautiful. I don't know about you, but that's how God created this. He who waters others waters himself. That's wisdom from above, not wisdom of this world. And then finally, spiritual understanding. The number three there. Spiritual understanding to comprehend, to, to mentally put together the process and understanding why it goes together that way. In fact, Kirk, once again, not to keep jumping back on what Kirk said, but it was great. You know what? Jesus showed the pattern. Husbands, you sacrifice it all first. And then the wife will go, oh, okay. God designed the wife to step into that sacrifice, to be the helpmate. But husbands, you really got to understand. Now, if, if you don't know what that means, look, I struggled for a long time in my marriage because I was selfish. I wasn't given that 100%. You've heard me say this so many times. So I will not look down my nose at you if you say, man, I'm struggling with that 100%. I'll go, I know. Not because I've watched you. I know because I've walked that road. And there are times Sharon would tell you that I still walk that road and it always ends up in a mess. So I'm okay with you and I. No one knows, hanging out, talking about how to make that, you know, 40%. I don't think that marriage lasted. I don't know, but I'm assuming he's probably on number four or five. I don't know, 40%? Give me a break. Talk about causing bitterness, not just in his life. But anyway, I'm willing to do that. As I know some of you would be willing to do that for me. Now look at verse 10. Why do we want to know God's will? How does verse 10 start? So that. You want to know God's will completely so that something will happen. So verse 10 is really awesome. Look at verse 10. So that you will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. So I'm going to ask a real quick question. I'm going to do the opposite of that. So if you don't know the will of God then will you walk worthy of the Lord if you don't know the will of God? You will walk how? In an unworthy manner. You're saying, ooh, I don't like that. Let's go back to the first part. Know the will of God so that you'll walk in a manner worthy. Now, what does that word, word walk mean? It means to actually live, live in a way that's pleasing to God. Live in a way that manifests the very nature of God in the character of Christ. That's what it's actually saying. So the word walk means to live. Live or walk in a manner worthy. The word manner is rather interesting. The word manner means in a particular form or fashion. And the word worthy means appropriate or becoming to someone who claims to be a Christian, a follower of Christ. Oh, I am a Christian, I'm a follower of Christ. And then you go 
pull some knuckleheaded stuff like stabbing a, work, a co-worker in the back or lying to your boss or you know doing whatever is contrary to the manner and the, the standard of Christ. Why do we want to know the will of God so we'll know how to live? So we can live. So when people see Zwan, they go, man, that guy is a solid Christian young man. Why? Because the Bible says that a young man, by his deeds, proclaims what? That he's a man of God. That's what it says in the book of Proverbs. See? How does a man distinguish himself? How does a young man distinguish himself? When his conduct is pure and right. That's what it says. So people see it and they go, yep, he's the real deal. He's the genuine, she's the real deal. She's the genuine article. That's why we want to know the will of God. So that we will walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Now, how many have ever worked in a company before that they give you a jacket and they, they give you a t-shirt or something and it's got their big logo on it, you know? It's like logo, okay? And so, say, for example, you're a sales rep and you're going out and working with people and you got your big logo on, all right? And you go out and you're picking your nose and spitting on the street and doing nasty gestures to people, saying foul things, and you got this big logo on. So guess what? They're going, hmm, that's a company I want to work with. Not. They got a big logo on. Well... If you're a Christian and people know it, guess what? You got the logos on. The logos is Jesus Christ. You got the logos on. And people go, you're a Christian? Okay, and they're watching you. They're watching you for why? To see if you're the genuine article, the real deal. Verse 9. Know the will of God so that you'll walk in a manner worthy. So, yep, that's he's the real deal. She's the real deal. I can I know. That's why I believe that man at TSA wants to be here when Jake does the adult Bible school hour. He's never, as far as what Jake said, he's never graced the doorframe of a church. But he likes who Jake is. In fact, he's complimenting. In fact, he even told Jake some pretty good information about what's coming. I don't know who it is. He didn't tell me the name. But it's interesting. It's I, I do too. I can't wait till he comes. Hey, by the way, when someone comes and, and with Jake and you just go, hey, this guy needs to see Christ. Not that we should go, oh, okay, I'll turn Christ on. Okay, hey, how you do? Don't do that. Be it. The logos of God. Not the logo, but the logos. So important. And then it says here, to please him in all respects. To what? So that God is well pleased by saying, this is my beloved daughter with whom I'm well pleased. Wouldn't that be cool? Wouldn't that be awesome? This is my son with whom I'm well pleased. How many of you ever, when you're a little kid, your dad, when he was talking with people, said, hey, this is my son. I just really love and appreciate him. Hmm. Yeah, right? Not great. That didn't happen to me, but I try to have done that with my sons before, you know, because I am. I'm so proud of my sons. We want to please God in every respect, in every situation, bearing fruit in every good work. You know, the idea of fruit bearing. I gave you a bunch of scriptures. Jesus said, 
Here's how, here's how my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. Remember the word glorified means to make big. This is how people see God is when you're actually producing fruit. Fruit of the Spirit, yes. The love of Christ, yes. The compassion of Christ, yes. The courage of Christ, yes. But you know what? It's also that people are coming to know the Lord because of your life. That's proof. And so it's so important for us to recognize that in every good work, your motive needs to be pure. Motive needs to be pure. How many have ever known someone? How many have ever known someone who's done good works, but later on you found that the and you kind of kind of felt kind of like, eh, why is this guy doing this? Or this gal? And then you come to find out later on there was a motive that wasn't what? Pure. So how's your relationship with this person now? <laughs> it's probably not very good. Do you want to have good fruit, good reputation, people that know you and trust you and are drawn to you? Do you? Then be going back to the word of God, going back to what? His will. Your motive is so important in why you do what you do. It's so true. Not only does God examine our motives, but people do too. If you want to bear good fruit in every work, then you got to do the good things with the right motive. Amen? Amen. Now finally, in, in verse 10, increasing in the knowledge of God. I have to share with you, that means growing in the knowledge of God. I shared this this morning. God's gracious. He's going to give you time to grow. Have you ever seen parents before on the sideline of a, a competition and they're screaming and yelling at their kid because their kid at six years old isn't able to put it in the basket at whatever 20,000 feet elevation it is. I taught you how to do that and they're freaking out. Like, why don't you wait till they grow a little bit? God is gracious, but he wants you to grow. Your part is to be committed to growing. His part is to patiently help you grow. His word will help you to grow in a knowledge and understanding of his will. So when you're, a, when you're a baby Christian, he's not going to expect this amazing behavioral perfection, but when you get to be an old bald dude like me, 40 years at this, I better be doing a little bit better in showing Jesus to the world than a first-year Christian. What will you think? Right? 40 years old, you're over the hill. No, actually, you really kind of hit your stride at 40. I felt like I was doing that biologically at 40, and I'm kind of feeling like I'm hitting my stride. I'm a little bit nervous about a couple more bends down the road, what might be there, but I'm going to keep hitting my stride until I get to that bend in the road. It's important for us to recognize that. Now look at verse 11. Verse 11 is tremendous as, as well. Verse 11 is a continuation of this so that you'll be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. All power, strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. And so to be strengthened with might literally is the word dunamis, which means miraculous power. You're saying, I got miraculous power? Am I like Superman or Superwoman? Well, actually, you're better. You know that Marvel series? We love it. Some of us do. It's like, 
Wow, here's a normal puny human being. He becomes the Hulk. I just, I don't know about you, but wouldn't it be great Hulk for Jesus, right? Turn it up for the Lord. I mean, the devil, turn up the devil for the Lord. Uh, wouldn't that be great? Well, it's true. When it talks here about the strength uh, and the, the, the power, it's actually the miraculous power that's given us through the Spirit. I'll tell you what a miraculous power is, is when you want to knock somebody's head off and you don't. <laughs> I know none of you have ever wanted to knock somebody's head off and you didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll tell you what, that's real power. It really is. Because that old man that you crucified snuck one of those quickies in there and you kind of lost your brain. And you go, oh, no. And you held it back. That's power, man. That's power. Do you remember Jesus Christ said if you had the faith of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain? And some people will say, well, that's not a big deal. Yes, it is. Give me an atomic bomb and I can move a mountain. But you know an atomic bomb won't change somebody's mind. It'll vaporize it, but it won't change it. To change somebody's mind, most particularly yours, is virtually impossible unless the power of God is in you to cause you to do the will of God rather than your own will. I don't know if you believe that or not, but I hope you come to that understanding sooner and not later. There's power here in the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, but oftentimes we don't believe it and therefore we continue to live like the old person. I would ask you to read Ephesians 3, verses 14 down through 21 on your own time. Talk about the power of the Holy Spirit through his glory, his magnificent character. As I've shared before, and I'm going to continue to share this, you want to change the nature of every interaction that you have with people? Know the will of God. Manifest the character, the glorious character of God. And it will change the nature of that interaction. If someone's having a really rotten day and they're grinding on everybody, it's possible for you to change their heart. Might be a little bit difficult, but you know what? If you have one of the character qualities we're about to talk about, it's very possible. But the first thing is, is you have to be committed to walking as Christ in forbearance. These next few scriptures are absolutely amazing. Notice it says here in verse 11, according to his glorious might. It literally means the power of his glorious, magnificent character to overcome in any and every life situation. Let me read that again. Glorious might. You are able to control every situation because you're able to go on the inside and control you. Literally means the power of his glorious, magnificent character that's in you to overcome any and every life situation and circumstance. Jesus did it. Did Jesus ever get rattled? Do you ever see wherever Jesus got rattled? Where he just blew up. He lost his... He never blew up. Now, did he intentionally drive those money changers out of the temple? He intentionally did that because it elicited, by what authority do you do that? He set the trap. It's great. 
Well, let me ask you a question. John's baptism, is it of men or from God? And they're going, uh-oh. We stepped right into the trap. The cheese was tasty, and we blew it. They go, well, if we say it's of men, then the population will stone us. And if we say it's from God, then we're going to have to answer to Jesus because we don't know. Classic. Powerful. You're saying he lost his cool. No, he didn't. He elicited the right response to get to those thick-headed guys. The many Pharisees and scribes became Christians, by the way, not while Jesus was alive, but it says they did. Many of the priests became Christians as well. The Bible says so. I love how Jesus does things. Always intentional. Powerful he was. Powerful, but remember, he was only a human being, but he was filled with the Spirit, full, and he walked by faith. Where does it all start? The will of God. Know it. Believe it. Embrace it. Live it. And it will start to happen. It takes time. Give yourself a little grace. God is patient with you. Be patient with yourself. But don't stop what? Cramming it in so you can show Jesus to the world. Well, look at this. Attaining, the next phrase is attaining to all steadfastness, fortitude, perseverance, and doing that, believe it or not, with a great attitude. The second one is patience with joyfulness, as it says in the King James, meaning what? To, to, to be slow to anger with a forbearing and long-suffering attitude of calm delight. So that person I was talking about that's just having a rotten day and is grinding everybody, can you be forbearing enough? Is God's forbearance bigger in you than his anger at self and others? Which is bigger? You tell me. The forbearance of God or that guy's bad attitude, bad mindset. Might be just one bad day, but it could be just a crummy life. Do you have the forbearance? The positivity uh, Facebook page says, get rid of toxic people. I say, be wise. And don't let toxic people embitter you, but you be the forbearance of God because you might be the only one that can draw them out of the darkness. Why are they bitter? Why are they angry? You don't know, but God does. And you're his ambassador and so am I. And if we can be forbearing, long-suffering, that word long-suffering literally means that. You get to suffer long like Jesus did so that some might become Christians. So some of those positivity memes, don't listen to them because they're right out of the pit of hell. Some of them are good, but that one is not. Okay? You know what? If God got rid of all the toxic people in this world, uh-oh, <laughs> that's not good news. He did it. <laughs> he's put up with you. Oh, by the way, he's still putting up with me. What about you? Wow, I'm so glad he's forbearing and long-suffering. You're saying, well, figure it out, you jerk. I am working on figuring it out. I'm glad he's patient. Aren't you? That's how we are to be. 
This is patient, long-suffering. Now, finally, let's, let's give it up for verse 12. Verse 12 is awesome. Look at verse 12. Verse 12 says, pray that a person will have such understanding they would give overflowing gratitude and praise in thanksgiving to the Father. Why? Because us being worthy clods of dirt, unworthy clods of dirt, he's qualified us. He made us worthy through the sacrifice of his son. You want to be honest? None of us are worthy of getting to heaven on how good we are. It's by his grace. Why do we do good? Because we love him. And we've been what? We've been getting the full knowledge, cramming in of God's will and walking accordingly. That's why we're good. Not because we're smart. It's because of his will and our willingness to submit to it. But here it says we should be overflowing with gratitude, literally the expression of deepest gratitude to our Heavenly Father for his gift of salvation and the provision of his Holy Spirit, the fullness of his Spirit within, so that we have the power now to overcome. First, self, and then overcome in the world, drawing people unto him. You're saying you're talking in nebulous terms. Sit down with me and we can begin to work on specifics in your life. And I'm not trying to meddle. I'm not. I want you to grow and become the man or woman that God has called you to be. I'm meddling in my own life. I'm listening to scriptures. And man, sometimes I get hacked. And it's okay to get hacked by the word of God. It's good. Ooh, I needed to hear that one. See? Okay, we'll do something about it then. The final thing here is giving thanks to him. Why? Because he has allowed you to share in his glory share in his inheritance how many of you know from the scriptures that the fullness of what god and god has given to jesus he's given to us the fullness of deity in our bodies the the fullness of his glory in our bodies it's there and if you don't believe it let's sit down and get your Bible ready. You better warm it up a little bit. Book, chapter, and verse. Book, chapter, and verse. Book, chapter, and verse. Book, chapter, and verse. It's in there. Starting in Old Testament all the way through. It gets better in the New Testament because it's a little bit clearer to understand. Man, it's awesome. The glory that he's given to us. I have written down here to share in or have equal portion in the gift of the inheritance which is, according to the scriptures, the indwelling presence of his spirit by which we are able to manifest the character of God and God is light. You want to walk into a room where there's darkness because the devil dwells there and be the light? And so when people see you, they'll ask, different life. Light pierces the darkness. Darkness does not pierce the light. Light pierces the darkness. Now you've heard the story by Brian Bragg more than you want to hear, and I'm not going to say it only, but the light pierced his life, and when he was in complete and total darkness, he remembered the light that was in his life. And it was not just me, it was Sharon, because Sharon worked with me in working with our young people at Willamette High School. And so, brethren, it's possible. And honestly, I didn't know, I didn't know all the stuff I know now when I was at Willamette High School, I just knew that they needed to see a man of integrity. And I wanted to be that for them. A man that, a man that loved them 
not weird-like, but love them enough to hold them accountable to do a great job. And it worked. That's all I really knew. I didn't know all this stuff I know now that I'm sharing with you. But I was doing what the Word says. Kind of unknowingly. You say, well, you got lucky. No, I think I got blessed because I was using what I knew. It doesn't matter where you are right now in your life with Christ. If you're in Christ, you can grow. But you need to go back to this prayer and pray this prayer for you. And please pray this prayer for me. And if we're praying this prayer for each other, does God hear the prayers of his children and does he answer them? What's the answer? Yes. Let's pray this prayer for self and for others. And let's watch the body of Christ grow because God promised it would. Let's pray. Lord God in heaven, we truly do need to walk in a manner worthy of our calling, the worthy of the name that we bear. And the only way to do that, of course, is to know your will and to know your will and by wisdom apply it and apply it rightly, knowing why we're supposed to do these things. And then all of a sudden, Father, we recognize and realize that we need only but to make the decision to read your word and to embrace what it says and our life changes and our life changes other lives. Help us to recognize that, Father. Help us to pray this prayer and follow through. Help us to live this prayer and follow through. Help us to not be fearful but faithful. We ask this in your son's name, Jesus. Amen. All right. Yes. Were there any notes of encouragement? Oh, there was one. Thank you. I was so discombobulated by that T, you know. Here it is. Mr. Weiber. There's only one. Mr. Weiber, you are a great song leader. It's always nice to see your smiling face. Let's give it up for Mr. Weiber. Here you go. All right, now let's stand up and get all excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the King of Kings, King of Kings. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.